الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستهي ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ومن كل شيء خلقنا زوجين لعلكم تذكرون وقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من عير اخاه بذنب لم يمت حتى يعمله او كما قال عليه الصلاه والسلام صدق الله صدق الله مولانا العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الحبيب الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين honorable ulama respected hafiz beloved brothers and elders in the ayat recited in the khutbah allah says wa min kulli shay'in khalaqna zawjain the nature of this world is everything is created in pairs if you get day you get night if you get sweet you get sour if you get good you get bad if you get pious you get impious this is the nature of this world there always be pairs there always be opposites the thing to take note of is when allah blesses someone with extra tawfiq allah blesses someone with good and obviously he's going to come across that class of people or those who are challenged and are not blessed as much as he is blessed whether it be in wealth with it been piety with it been intellect with it be related to his physical features and his looks there's going to be that class that you're going to come across every day you're going to read about them you're going to see them you're going to interact with them but they aren't blessed as much as you are blessed in whatever form it may be allah created this world in such a way that some will be blessed more than others اهم يقسمون رحمه ربك نحن قسمنا بينهم معيشتهم في الحياه الدنيا ورزقنا بعضهم فوق بعض ليتخذ بعضهم بعضا سخريا الله تعالى speaks about this in the quran kareem some will be blessed more than others this is the nature of this world the point to understand and be very very careful about is when we see this class and we see allah is blessed that in certain ways with what eye do we look at that other class how do we look at them how do we read them how do we respond and even more when it comes to the point of sharing an advice when it comes to the point of speaking to them regarding the wrong that they involved in then what's the condition of our heart and what's the condition of our mind this is something nabi alayhi salatu wassalam has taught us to be very careful about when allah sent musa alayhi salam and harun alayhi salam two brothers allah sent them to the greatest tyrant of the time one of the greatest tyrants and oppressors of the world a man whose tyranny is proverbial today if you want to call someone a tyrant then you'll resemble him to the tyrant of that time and you'll say fir'aun when you want to speak about a pharaoh then you'll say the pharaoh of this age 
His proverbial, his tyranny and his oppression was proverbial. Allah sends Musa salam and Harun salam to go advise him, speak to him, give him da'wat. And Allah instructs them, when you go, then, فَقُولَ لَهُ قَوْلًا لَيِّنَا لَعَلَّهُ يَتَذَكَّرُ أَوْ يَخْشَى Oh my Nabis, oh my two Anbiya, my advice to you is when you're going and standing in front of Fir'aun, you and I would think you have to fight fire with fire. That man is on fire, so we're going to be on fire. We're going to be oppressive, we're going to be harsh and hard. Allah instructs them, when you go, then speak to him gently. فَقُولَ لَهُ قَوْلًا لَيِّنَا Speak to him gently. Watch your words. It's likely in this manner, he'll accept advice. He may fear Allah Ta'ala, he may accept deed. This was the advice given to Musa and Harun salam when they are going to address the greatest tyrant of the time and one of the greatest tyrants of this world. What ulama kiram did use from this is, whenever you see, Musa salam was blessed with nubuwat. He was blessed specially by Allah Taala, and as was Harun alayhi salam. They're going to speak to a man who's far away from deen, who's lived his entire life in pride and tyranny. But yet, this is the advice given to them, ulama kiram say, if you and I, this was what was given to the anbiya, then how much you and I must pay heed to this? In simple words they say, advise, don't despise. Advise, but don't despise. This was what was told to Harun alayhi salam and Musa alayhi salam. And this is something we got to keep in our minds at all times. No matter who we come across and what is the nature of whoever, a person is never ever allowed to despise anyone at any time. Hazrat Mullah Ali Qali rahimahullah has recorded a beautiful incident to bring before us this very same lesson. He says, there was this married couple. They sat down to eat on one occasion. They were happy. They both loved each other, husband and wife, a very uh, lovable, a very lo- loving couple. They had sat down to eat one, on one occasion and there was a knock on the door. The husband was hungry and when he hears the knock, he goes to respond. This beggar has come at the time when the husband and wife are about to eat and enjoy the meals. The husband was enraged and he verbally abused the beggar. He chased him away without giving him anything. Because he was angry. Allah Ta'ala teaches us in the Quran Kareem that you give the beg- in the hadith Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam said when a man comes to you, give him something even if it's something small, something meager, something totally insignificant. Even in our words we would say a few cents. If you can't give him something, you don't have the right to ridicule the man. Allah says, قَوْلٌ مَعْرُوفٌ وَمَغْفِرَةٌ خَيْرٌ مِّن صَدَقَةٍ يَتْبَعُهَا أَذَى Sometimes you give something, but when you gave, you gave with a bad heart and you gave the man with your sadaqah, you gave him a mouthful. You told him a whole lot of things. Allah says better than that sadaqah, which is followed by harm, is good statements and overlooking the man who inconvenienced you. He may have come to you at a wrong time, overlooking and speaking well and kind words to him is better than that sadaqah which is followed by harm. So this man chased him away, he gave him nothing and he chased him away. It so happened that the marriage didn't work out, there were some problems and both this, this loving couple, they had now had to, they now had to be separated. The man lost whatever he had, he lost his marriage, lost his wife, lost his home, and they both parted ways. It so happened after many years, this woman remarried. Now with her new husband, in her new marriage, and there's a knock on the door. This time she goes, not the husband, she goes to answer the call. When she opens the door, 
she returns to the table with tears in her eyes. She probably gave the beggar something, but now she comes with tears in her eyes and she's crying. So her new husband asks her, what has happened? Did this man tell you something? Did he hurt you? Did he abuse you in any way? So she says, no, there's a long story. She narrates the entire situation that once myself and my previous husband from my previous marriage, we were seated, something happened. He went to answer the door. He went to answer the call, whoever was. Notice the beggar. He swore him and he chased him away. Today, when I'm sitting in my new marriage, the same thing happens. But when I go to the door, I very vividly recognize the face of this beggar. This man was my old husband. The beggar today was my husband of yesterday. I remember what he was and who he was. And now to see him in this condition brought tears in my eyes. The new husband then tells her, the story doesn't end there. Let me continue with the story. And you know who I am. I was the previous beggar. I was the man who came to your house and I was chased away. What the story instructs us, the instruction here is that the turning of the tables is in Allah Ta'ala's hands. At no point could we ever look down or despise anyone. The moment we realize Allah has blessed us with something that others don't have. The right of that blessing is to attribute the blessing to Allah Taala and never to attribute it to ourselves. People explain that there is a fine line between pride and confidence. Being confident, you allowed. Sahaba Ikram radiallahu anhum displayed confidence in the battlefield. Yusuf alayhi salam, anbiya alayhi salam, they displayed their confidence but relying on Allah Taala. And pride, outwardly confidence and pride look so similar. The fine line between them is he attributes his excellence to himself, to his work, to his expertise. But when a person is confident and he doesn't, he attributes whatever he enjoys to Allah, Taala, all lights only yours. It's not of my own doing. This is only your blessing. Now a person is saved from pride. He is confident over what he enjoys, thanking Allah for it, but not looking down and despising others. In the incident of Qarun, Allah makes mention, one is to take a story from some historian. Allah says, this man was blessed with so much. Leave alone his treasure, leave alone his cash, his assets. Only the keys to the safe or to the safes, where his treasures were kept, a group of people were required only to carry the keys. This man was blessed with so much. He was a hafiz of the Torah. He was the cousin of Musa alayhi salam. But then there was a point in his life. Allah forbid when he fell. And what did he say? People advised him. He told them, don't give me the story about remembering Allah and thinking of Allah and I've been blessed by Allah. Whatever I got is because of my expertise. Whatever I got is because of my acumen. It's because of my hard work and my studying that I'm blessed with what I have. And this was the point when Qarun had fallen. He had fallen because he attributed it to himself. At all times, if we see ourselves, every person is blessed in a unique way. No one in this world has everything, but everyone in this world has something. You've got something to enjoy and something Allah has blessed you more than others. All we do is we always attribute that blessing to Allah Taala and never ever to ourselves. Sheikh Saadi Rahimahullah explains, I was once with my Sheikh, Sheikh Shihabuddin Suharwardi Rahimahullah. We were seated in the boat and he gave me two pieces of advice. 
it helped me throughout my life. He says, number one, never ever look at yourself with an eye of self-praise. Never become self-conceited and keep marveling over your own good and forgetting that you've been blessed with this good by Allah ta'ala. The second thing he told me is, never ever look at eyes. Never despise anyone. Never look down at them. Because this can cost you whatever you have. And this can cause you to fall in a very great way. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what did he say? He taught us very explicitly. Don't look down. Don't taunt anyone. Sometimes we look down at, some, at someone for something that is a natural challenge on his side. Sometimes a person may be big in size, sometimes he may be short, maybe tall, whatever. That is extremely evil. Because this is how Allah Ta'ala chose to create him. It doesn't give us any right to look down at that person. But the hadith says, leave alone these natural challenges people have. Even a wrong and a haram and a sin that a man was involved in. That doesn't give you the right to despise him and run him down. Because... That person who despises, who taunts, who looks down at others because of a sin that that man committed or that person committed. You're running him down, you're taunting him for that. The words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, A day will come, you won't die till you fall in that very same sin. You, you won't pass away till you don't fall in that very same sin. How careful we got to be. We got to look down and hate the sin, but never ever hate the sinner. Hate the sin. Just, we don't like the wrong, but the person who's engaging in it, we tell ourselves he can turn out better than us tomorrow. A famous incident is narrated of... This was in the second, at the end of the second year, second Hijri, the second, the second century of, of Islam, the second Hijri century, when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had left the world not long. It was in the city of Baghdad, as though the capital or the main Islamic city at the time. And they were, the city was full of madaris, it was full of masajid, any way you looked. The architecture was great. And physically people were good, spiritually people were excellent. There was a man who lived in this time, whose name was Sheikh Abu Abdullah Andalusi, rahimahullah. His incident is quoted and narrated time and again, for us to draw moral and lesson. This Buzub, this pious man, Allah blessed him with so much. You and I may become Hafiz of Quran, it's a great ni'mah from Allah. But this man wasn't just Hafiz. He knew the Quran of by heart in all seven qirats. In all the seven of by heart he knew it. As far as the hadith were concerned, he knew not one, not two, not three, not four, not a hundred, not even a thousand. Thirty thousand ahadith of by heart. Allah blessed him with students. He had his students numbered twelve thousand. One day this pious man is going on a journey. In his crew, the people who were traveling with him was Sheikh Junaid Baghdadi rahimahullah and Sheikh Shibli. They were his students. What caliber this man must have been? They were traveling through, they were going on their journey and they came, they came past a Christian town. As they entered this town, they noticed there were churches, there were people worshipping stars, people worshipping fire, people worshipping the sun, some uh, directing their needs towards the cross. There were people engaged in a whole lot of different worship and they thought to themselves, what, what are these people up to? How are they engaged in this type of a work? Anyway, time for salah approached. They needed water. They wanted to perform the salah, but they couldn't find water. So they continued until they came to the outskirts of the town. They noticed a well from people, from which people were drawing water. 
to drink. So they went to the well, but before coming to the well, they noticed that there were few young girls that were around the well. From all this group of young girls, there was one girl whose beauty was outstanding. The clothing she was wearing, the jewelry she had, and even her facial appearance, her beauty was one of its kind. So the buzurg asked, who are these girls? They said, no, they are drawing water for people to serve them when they need water. And who's this, this girl here, this one girl who's, who's looking different from the rest? So they say, no, she's the daughter of the king. So why is he putting her in this type of work? Because he wants her, they replied, he wants her to learn what it is to serve others. Nevertheless, they took the water, made wuzu, perform salah. Sheikh Shibli rahimahullah narrates, for three days thereafter, the sheikh never looked at anyone, he never spoke to anyone, he never ate anything, nor did he drink. The only thing he did was he performed his salah. After three days, we took the courage to ask him, what are we doing here? People are waiting, they want to travel, continue with their journey, but you aren't moving. He told them what? I've lost control over myself. I cannot do anything. The love of that young girl has captured my heart. They are surprised, they say, please don't disgrace us. He says, no, you'll carry on, go back to Baghdad. I cannot continue, I have to remain here. He said, you know what, you're such a pious man. How can we go back without you? He says, I've lost control, you all continue. So because it was his instruction, they came back to Baghdad. People heard that this caravan is returning. They all came to the outskirts to receive them. When they were told what happened to him, a lot of them passed out. Historians write, some of them were so affected, they passed away. Whatever was running through this man, all had closed. Everything had now been shut. After one year, Sheikh Shibli says, we went to the group of people, we went back to the town and said, let's see, what can we do? They're making dua. When they come, they find out from the people, they don't find him. Where's this man, this buzur we left here? They say, no, if you want him, you'll find him in the jungle. What is he doing in the jungle? He's rearing and taking care of the pigs. They go out there. Why? Why is he taking care of the pigs? Because he proposed for this girl, but her father said, he will not be able to marry, he will not get this girl married to him until this man rears the pigs for a certain amount of time. They go to the jungle and they see him, he's got the garb of the Christians, he's got the necklace of the Christians, and he's rearing the pigs with a stick in his hand in the same way he used to stand when he used to deliver the khutbah on the Friday. This broke them even more. They came up to him, they made salam to him, and they asked him what has happened. He replied to their salam with tears in his eyes, and he said, I have no control over myself. They said, you knew so much of Quran. Do you have anything left of that Quran? He says, only two ayat. Number one, The one who changes kufr for iman, then he has gone astray. The second ayat, one who Allah disgraces, no one can raise him up again. You knew 30,000 ahadith. Any hadith you remember, only one. Man dinahu the one who changes his deen, then kill him. They were upset, they were crying, they made dua to Allah. And they continued. Miraculously, as they proceeded with their journey, from one point there was a river. They saw this buzur taking a bath and emerging from the river. They asked him what has happened. He asked him for a, for a pure for pure clothing, pure set of clothing. He puts that on and they ask him, now what has happened? He says the kalima, Ashadu Allah ilaha illallah wa ashadu anna Muhammad rasulullah. They say, what has happened? He said, no, when you people left me, I cried to Allah. Oh Allah, what has happened to me? You blessed me with so much. You brought me right to your door. And now I've been thrown out. Oh Allah, accept my tawbah. Allah accepts his tawbah and Allah has brought me back and blessed me with whatever I have lost. Then they asked him, now that the sheikh comes back to the town, he delivers and now whatever was closed is now reopened. All blessed with Allah, blessed him with the same and even more. His students were 12,000, now they're numbering 40,000. Allah blessed him with so much. 
But then they asked him, what was the cause for this trial? How did you fall so hard? This Buzur replied, when we entered the crown of the Christians and we saw those churches and those temples and people worshipping different, different deities, at that time a thought crossed my mind, how foolish these people are. What are they engaged in? This is such a dirty, ignorant work that they engaged in. How could they worship anyone besides Allah? And for that moment, I despised them. I looked off of despising. And a voice had come to me that remember whatever we blessed you is because of us, not of your own doing. And if you want, we'll test you. At that moment, he says, I felt as though a little bird flew out of my heart. That was my iman. That was my iman. It went out and it only came back when Allah wished it to come. Is Let's not look down at anyone. This man went to a test. He was such a perfect the heights of piety. He had so much of knowledge, but yet Allah forbid he fell and he collapsed because of despising someone, looking at someone with an eye of, of despising. Allah Ta'ala put him to this test. May Allah save and protect every one of us. At no point can we ever look down at anyone. Ulama Ikram write that the greatest proof for us never to despise anyone is to look into the life of the second greatest man in this ummah, Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu. There was a day in his life when he set out with the worst intention a human being could ever make. One is to kill a pious man. The hadith says, Man adhali waliyan faqad adhantuhu bilharb. You interfere with my friend, I announce war with you. Then is worse than that is to kill a Nabi. And even worse is to want to kill the head and the fountain of all Anbiya alayhi salam, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. On one day, at one part in his life, he walked out with that intention to slaughter Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. There was an intervention, he was stopped. And then when the man's life changed, he became the second greatest man of the ummah. He became the second greatest man. So who can we look down upon at any time? Allah forbid, Allah protect us. We all take the name of Imam Bukhari rahimahullah. Imam Bukhari, look at his lineage. Muhammad bin Ismail bin Ibrahim bin Mughira bin Bardizba. Imam Bukhari's lineage, when you go up Bardizba, they explain, Asha wa mata majusiyan. This was the, amongst the great grandfathers of Imam Bukhari rahimahullah. He lived as a fire worshiper. But in his progeny, Allah brought a man who benefited the ummah in such a way that the whole ummah is dependent on him. His kitab is the most authentic kitab after the Quranic Kareem. But from whose? That man was a fire worshiper. But after that in his lineage, this man was born. It doesn't give us that. We, we learn from here. That man may have passed away as a fire worshiper. But note, at no point can we look down at anyone. A very important ulama kiram explained that never judge anyone, never despise anyone. Even for a wrong you saw with your own eyes. Why? Many a times the wrong happens in front of you. But the tawbah for that wrong happens when everyone is quiet and everyone is asleep. You don't know when he made tawbah, so it's likely. You might be despising someone for a wrong he already made tawbah from and that will cause you to fall in the very same wrong that you're despising him for. May Allah wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq and ability never to despise anyone at any time. As ulama kiram write, it's simple, advise but don't despise. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.